on your mark, ready, set, let's go. Dance for pro, I know, you know, I go psycho when my new joint hit. Just can't sit, gotta get jiggy with it. That's it, now honey, honey, come ride. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. By Celsius, I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me is JC Allen, also PewterReport.com. On a wonderful day, a, t- a terrific day, because it's NFL owners' meetings today. So we are going to get to hear from. General Manager Jason Light, Head Coach Bruce Arians, and uh, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be later uh, today, this evening, actually, that we'll hear from Jason, at least. And then we'll hear from Bruce tomorrow morning, bright and early, 7.30 a.m. Scott and Matt are both there out at the owners' meetings in uh, West and what Palm Beach, I believe, is where it is, oh, right, yeah. JC? Is oh, yeah, right? Palm Beach, yeah. Palm Beach. Right in that beautiful, sunny South Florida weather. <laughs> That's right. Nothing They're enjoying themselves. Here, but, I mean, yeah, I was going to say I don't know. It's it's fine here. I'm quite happy where I am too. But no, it's they're out there uh, covering those, and they'll be speaking to Jason later this evening around five thirty or so. Then we'll have some content from that. Um, I'm sure up on the site later this evening, and so make sure you stay tuned for that over at PeterReport.com. And then obviously tomorrow morning when Bruce speaks, I'd imagine that'll be probably the most noteworthy session. No Bruce, and when it's been a while, he usually tends to drop some nuggets. So. We should have some uh, some content from that as well tomorrow morning. But other than that, it's been pretty quiet. Pretty quiet, JC. Not a whole lot going on. Ronald Jones is gone. We'll talk about that today. Zach Triner is back. We'll Big talk splash. about that as well. Big splash. And we'll really look at the state of the whole NFC. What's going on with this freaking conference? This is there's a lot happening. And so we'll take a look at all of it. It should be a good time on the pod today. A lot happening now, but most likely not in the season. I mean, you want to talk about parity. The NFC is just ripe for some team that struggled last year to make their move because, yeah. wow, the moves that just came out. of it. it seems like it was a mass exodus once Tom Brady returned. Everyone's like, oh, let's get out of here. Uh, but, yeah, there's, right. there's a lot of – there's still some bucks nuggets to pass out around there, and owners means we should begin. We'll also get Joel Glazer today, too. I expect oh, that's right. To field uh, a couple of those. If Brady didn't come back, Deshaun Watson was he in a? What, would you guys sign off on that? So we'll yep. get that, and the fans can debate that more. The one year Brady or ten of Deshaun. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good nuggets coming out between uh, Jason, Joel, and Bruce. And obviously, they're not done. I mean, they're showing no. uh, they're gonna keep signing the players, and maybe Sue comes back next. Yeah, and we're gonna go over that free agent tracker and kind of just see where the Bucks are at in terms of re-signings and who's left out there, who they've lost, who they who they've brought back, and kind of where the whole thing is at. But first, got to mention that today's podcast is all the Pewter Report podcasts is brought to you by our title sponsors over at Celsius Energy Drinks. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. These are the best tasting energy drinks out there, no question right. about it, folks. There's no sugar in these gives you essential energy accelerates your metabolism burns body fat i am drinking the peach vibe as we speak uh, and enjoying it greatly truly one of the best flavors out there but there also are a bunch of flavors there's new flavors on the way and there's a bunch of flavors that are out there you can see some of them on the screen fuji apple pear strawberry guava wildberry tropical vibe watermelon orange orange sickle blueberry pomegranate strawberry dragon fruit you can check all these out i know you're wondering so you can check all of them out by going over to celsius.com use the store locator to find out where they sell them near you or you can go to pewterreport.com click on those banner ads on the site do the amazon subscribe and save option and get them shipping to you uh, regularly from our friends over at celsius as well so great stuff as always celsius keeping it real keeping it fresh and helping us uh stay energized for the pewter report podcast that we do and we welcome into the show, Casey. Kay, honey, what's hey. going on? I didn't know if you were going to show up. I know that you're big time now. You've been on b- doing lightning hosting stuff, and you've no. been uh, WDAE in studio. I just wasn't sure if you had time for us today. I will always have time Small for time. the squad that counts the most out of everybody, which is the PR squad. What's up, guys? That's all we like to hear. No, not too much is up. We were just uh, mentioning that there wasn't much change over the weekend mm-hmm. uh, with the Bucks in terms of the free agency status of a lot of their players. And I'll get, go, take everybody through the tracker here so we can see kind of where things are. But Ronald Jones moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bucks uh-huh. nuts for free agents. And any parting thoughts for, for Rojo, Casey? You know, at this point, JC made me feel like I said t- enough about Rojo. So <laughs> I'm just going to say best of luck. Uh, 
hopefully he'll be a better fit over there, which he might actually be. Yeah, so. he might be. I don't see it though, JC, right off the top of my head. Like Kansas City <laughs> throws the ball a ton. Now Kansas City could be turnover new leaf. They traded Tyreek Hill after all. The wide receiver room right now is pretty middling group. Travis Kelsey's turning 33. It's possible that they're trying to go something another direction, especially with the run blockers they have on that offensive line. And if so, Rojo's, you know, he's a good pure rusher. It's just the fact of the matter is that just how in a, how incapable he is on passing downs really diminishes his value a good bit. Yeah, he's he's a runner. That's about it. He's not gonna. <laughs> they got Clyde Edwards Alaire there as well too. I don't know. Maybe they want to use him as like the first down back and then bring in Clyde Edwards Alaire. Who knows what they want to do? I mean, he's a short guy, 180 pounds, soaking wet. So uh -huh. he's not gonna <laughs> much power. But I just you know I don't need to even say anything about my thoughts. I'll just give you. See you later, Rojo. I already told you. I told you we're getting rid of so everybody. Vicious. Love this. He listens to this. And I'm not upset about that. You know, whatever. I didn't like I the good. money. But <laughs> yeah, somebody had a great comment though. Okay, maybe not great. I'm I'm being I'm being not so nice. But <laughs> somebody put hopefully he didn't fumble the pen when he signed the contract. Oh, uh, man, it's funny great. because statistically he doesn't actually have a huge fumbling issue, but because we've seen the fumbles happen in key moments and really yes. kind of inexplicable fumbles at times. <laughs> it it resonated, it has resonated with us for sure a little bit more, just which scary. honestly is kind of understandable. Like, uh, you know, it yeah. just, just uh, yes. K Huddy is here. Common sense. They can relax now. K Huddy is here. I'm with um, the fam. This is the fam. Even though right. I'm constantly juggling. There we go. You're right. <laughs> uh, here's a good question here from Mark. We always appreciate Mark uh, contributing, donating to the site as well, helping us out. Is it just me or with his backdrop and black shirt? Does JC look like the head on the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> Click your heels three times and Brady will be back for next year as well. <laughs> Oh, I like I'm it. sure wow. everybody will take Good that bet. <laughs> Ed Keeley, uh, Rojo couldn't pick up strong side blitz to save his life or weak side blitz or All any right. kind of blitz that you can think of. <laughs> Hence why I said uh, 180 true. pounds. What? No, that's okay. right. I mean, yeah, Casey, by the way, if anybody didn't hear, absolutely maligned Rojo, called him, basically said he was the smallest running back in the league. <laughs> he's gained like Five, 10 nine, pounds. 180 soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely disrespected him on wdae this week it was it was kind of funny because you weren't meaning to be that mean but they, they like kind of put you in that corner where you like i had to tried to just have like one sentence and then right. you know the follow-up question was like really poking at me to be like so how do you really feel and then well, how know, much longer is this interview <laughs> right like That's right. guys don't do this to me and they did it so i went for it it, I thought it was Friday the whole time, too, so yeah. I was really going for it. Brian says uh, Keyshawn Vaughn will be the next punching bag for this upcoming season if he screws up a lot. You know, Vaughn, low-key right now, has a pretty big load on his shoulders if the mm -hmm. if not a lot changes, if they you know draft a rookie or something like that and they don't sign anyone else. I do think they will sign someone else eventually here. There, there are pretty minimal contracts being given out to running backs right now, and there's still a number David of uh, Daryl Williams is still out there. David Johnson's going to be the guy. Come on, John. We David both Johnson, know this in our I hearts am, hearts. I'm not expecting that one. Bruce um, is not going to not sign David Johnson now that he's available. He, he did it with Shady. He did it with Le'Veon. Different circumstances with Le'Veon, but he's going to he's going to try to get David Johnson a ring, and he's going to bring him in. I just I I can't. Wait, not, what? Did you think there was a personal connection to Shady and Le'Veon with with Bruce? No, just like veteran backs. He always looks to have one of those veteran backs on the you know. The, I'll, you know, bring up and yeah, keep but, the, yeah, but the, the lesson this about the vets that we just keep, you know, not David Johnson. I mean, that's, yeah. that's I mean, if there was an injury wow. in season, I might agree with you on David Johnson. If there was an injury in season and they had to bring somebody in, yeah. because then it's all about guys that know the system, but mm -hmm. not at this point. I, I would be shocked if they're going to draft a rookie and they're going to bring David Johnson to help mentor the rookie and Vaughn while Leonard Hint. It's, it's interesting about Vaughn. We have the dichotomy of a totally – I mean, like he is really good in pass protection last year, and he got a decent amount of reps at it. So it actually gave me encouragement that he could improve in that one way. But he's been so bad as a pass receiver, it's kind of like the Sony Michelle thing, right? Like how much do we trust him on passing downs? And that will – how much they do think he can be a receiver will be indicated. If they sign like a Giovanni Bernard re-sign or, or Jarek McKinnon or Daryl Williams, then you're like, okay, they, they don't probably totally trust him as a receiving back but on the other hand if they if they decide to kind of stay away from those guys then i think it will be a pretty good indication that yeah we're ready to ride with Keyshawn vaughn as like a true number two here and go back to kind of how things were in 2020 more so 
with the splitting, but obviously Leonard will still shoulder the load, but they'll be more ready to trust Vaughn with two or three drives per game, I think. So it's Good something to that. watch for moving forward. Okay. Uh, this is something Scott is just can't get off of. Bucks <laughs> are going to draft Damian Pierce. Nate says, Scott agrees with you. He alone will lead the Bucks to another Super Bowl ring. Today's Florida's Pro Day. The Bucks were there at the Gators Pro Day today. John Spytek was there. Um, the head and, scouts as well. Yeah, one of the head scouts as well was there. So they had a presence there. Obviously, Jason and Bruce wouldn't be there because Bruce doesn't really go to pro days. But Jason is at the NFL owners meetings, um, so they couldn't be there. But Damian Pierce, one of the guys they could be looking at. Kyir Elam, the cornerback from Florida as well. They were watching the D-line. Zach Carter uh, from Florida could be a later round option for them if they're looking for an interior pass rush type of player um, contributor kind of on the D line. That could be an option for them as well. So JC, a couple guys at Florida, maybe that the bucks are looking at, it could be another Gator connection. There's been a plenty of them in the draft before. So we always keep our eye on it. Oh yeah. They love the Florida guys because they're local, right? You can bring them in on visits. It doesn't count for your 30. It's a Gainesville and, and uh, Tallahassee aren't too far up the street. So you can go look at, you know, Florida or uh, FSU and, you know, they could use, both of those guys that we that you just mentioned, Damian Pierce mm-hmm. would be a great addition to the runback room. And if you look at it, I mean, he might not see the field as much this year, but you'd have two cornerbacks in in contract years, and you know, preparing for the future and drafting cornerbacks is something that Jason Light loves to do. So yep. if they're standing there at twenty seven and all their guys are off the board, and you know, at least they'll have their due diligence. They'll have gone and watched Kair Elam, and you know, he would be a good fit, I think, too. Casey, I'm going to have you sound off on some of the re-signings. We're going to go through. We're talking about potential acquisitions through the draft um, for the Bucks. there. We're talking about the Gators, but we are talking about a Gator also that is going to be an added. A former Gator has been added to the Bucks roster via free agency. We'll touch on him in a second on the offensive line. But first, I want to just go through the re-signings and get both of your thoughts really quick on the re-signings and who's potentially still out there to re-sign. So the state of this free agent class for the Bucks. Chris Godwin back three years, 60 million. Carlton Davis back three years, 45 million. Ryan Jensen back three years, 39 million. When we set out at the beginning of the offseason, before we knew Brady was retiring even, you know, we wavered a little bit after that because we weren't sure what kind of approach this team was going to take with the guys on their roster. But it seemed clear that those were the three free agents you could not afford to lose without significant drop-off. Now with the Super Bowl window still open, they go and they bring back all three of them. So obviously some excellent stuff there, but they weren't done either. Will Golston, one year, four and a half million dollar deal. He's back as well. Leonard Fournette, three years, 21 million. That one looked in doubt for a while. And uh, we could talk maybe about that one a little bit more, but that one looked like it was in doubt for a few days. And then he just didn't sign anywhere else. I think he had the opportunities. He really, I think, wanted to come back. And um, not that he took less to come back. I don't know if that's the case. I think that was pretty much his going rate. Um, But I think that, yeah, he definitely... Uh, ended up holding out and the Bucks ended up saying, you know what, there's not a lot of running backs out there. Let's let's do this thing. Uh one year, 1.4 million for Aaron Stinney. He'll compete at left guard. Josh Wells is back to compete for the swing tackle job, a one year 1.12 million dollar deal. guaranteed on that deal too. What are you doing guaranteeing <laughs> money to Josh Wells? What are you they always they've guaranteed money to Josh Wells before. He's a veteran in the NFL. He's 895k guaranteed is about the minimum, dude. This <laughs> that is like, still really, pretty wild. Almost a million now. Count towards dead cap money. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very standard deal. I feel like Rashad Perryman is back for another year as well. Well, he could be back for another year. Uh, we'll see how that one plays out in camp. Thoughts, real quick. There's still some free agents out there. Obviously, Indomitian Sue and Rob Gronkowski, are the ones people watch closely. Mm-hmm. widely expected that if they're going to come back, it'll be with the Bucks. just a matter of timing. There's not really, I don't think, a lot of competition for their services right now. So I think it's just a timing thing. And Gronk's still trying to figure out if he wants to play, but it does sound like from his comments that we've seen recently that he is leaning that way. Jason Pierre-Paul has gotten interest from the Cowboys. I love his his agency, by the way. They're trying to drum it up for him. They have first day of free agency. He's like, JPP is getting some interest out there. I'm like, no, he isn't. This guy's one arm <laughs> is hanging off this dude. He's missing fingers. His back's been broken before. Still hurting. Yeah. Body's been broken. through hell. <laughs> Didn't he nix off-season surgery as well? 
No, he, he had the surgery, but it's okay. like a six-month recovery for torn rotator cuffs. So. Okay. I don't know why for some reason. Or maybe there was another surgery that was – that was. Um... No, it was Worfs. That's who you're thinking of, I think. Worfs okay, ended up not the... having surgery. Yeah. yeah. And it, for a while, it was speculated that he would. So, JPP's still out there. Uh, Rojo to the Chiefs, obviously. OJ Howard to the Bills. Um, the the Al, Ryan Je or Al, sorry Alex Kappa to the Bengals and Jordan Whitehead to the Jets have been the four losses so far, but still options like Blaine Gabbard still out there, Pierre Desir, Kevin Minter, uh, Giovanni Bernard, Steve McClendon. Does he want to play another year? Uh, Pat O'Connor, a defensive lineman, special teamer, Andrew Adams, Curtis Riley, um, and and uh, they just re-signed Zach Triner today. I didn't mention him as well and. We expect Richard Sherman's going to hang it up. But thoughts, Casey, on this group so far and, and what they've done and which players, other than the Gronkowski and Sue, I think, assuming you want both of them back, is there mm -hmm. anybody else here that you'd like to see that uh, the Bucks re-sign? I mean, honestly, there's no there's no one that you name that's like, oh, I need this guy to come back for me. Because for the most part, I was the toss-up for me was seeing if they were going to bring back Whitehead versus – Davis and then Davis mm -hmm. putting that one out. So in, in terms of the most significant guys and um, that need to come back to the Bucks or that you want to see come back in, in, in a Bucks jersey this coming season, I think they've done a great job of lining that up. I know that Kevin Minter has been a helpful step in um, here and there. Again, a guy that's not pretty consistent, but once you start getting to a two, three, four slot, you're not looking at consistent players. You're looking mm -hmm. at people to just step in. Um, Special teams, yeah. Exactly. But it's going to be my free agency mentality starting to shift as we get closer to the draft, just because in some of these positions adding to the depth, it's almost just way better to go with the clean slate and get a younger guy to start mentoring in that spot. Um, I thought if anything, they were maybe going to snag a couple other guys to help out in that interior, but you guys probably would know better than me. It's probably better, way better to start younger there and just start grooming out for the franchise. Um, but looking at everything, I, I think it's time to start <laughs> focusing on the defense. I think offense is lining up nicely. I don't know how much um, more time or money they're going to invest in, in Blaine Gabbert, but he's helpful in the sense to where, according to Scott, he's got a very clean record and he'd be mm -hmm. a nice relief for Brady whenever he needs to come in. So, no, none of those guys really stand out to me, and I think mm -hmm. that Gronk and Sue are coming back. Yeah, okay. JC, what are your thoughts on the re-signing group so far? Yeah, I mean, obviously, those are the the guys that you needed to have back, that you had to have back, and, and you've done a great job with that. I think Will Golson was was huge. Surprised he only got one year. Um, you did take a little bit of a pay cut. I think Leonard Fournette, you look at the deal, you're like, $7 million a year, wow. And then you look, you could probably get out of it after year two. Um, and then really looking back, are you going to kick yourself in for paying him an extra million or a million and a half more than what you – Wanted to. I don't think that's going to be the case. So it was a good signing. Ryan Jensen, same thing. 31 years old. You hope he doesn't break down. But once Brady came back, that was a done deal. You know, mm -hmm. Brady to come back. Maybe you're looking somewhere else. Um, so, I mean, I, I, w with the re-signings, besides Joshua's guaranteed money, because I think uh, Fred, Fred Johnson can beat him out. Um, you know, I, 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 I love it. I, I love what they've done so far. Um, I think Pat O'Connor is a guy who should, you know, be – you know, coming up next, he's, he looked really good last year uh, until he got injured. And obviously, he's just been such a mainstay on that special teams. I don't really think there's anyone out there, not including Sue and Gronkowski, that I think is pressing need to resign. Obviously, you know, I'd like to see them resign Andrew Adams, but he's already been told he's not coming back. Kevin Minter for him, you know, great special teams captain the last few years. He's clearly lost a step in coverage. And I don't know if him in coverage and him being that number number three guy or first backup in is much worse than KJ Britt at this point. We'll see. I know John might disagree with me a little bit there. No, um, I don't but, think either are very good. So yeah, so, I, mean, I speak highly of him, but I haven't seen anything of KJ. As, yeah. As far as Blaine Gabbert too, it's like, you know, do you bring him back? And, you know, we went from before the, you know, this last, um, Sirius XM radio with, with uh, interview with Jason light from, mm -hmm. and before Brady came back to, Oh, we got Gabber and we got Trask. We got Gabber. We got Trask. We got Gabber. We got Trask. Well, Gabber was never signed. He was a free agent. Then all of a sudden, you know, we're looking at Ga Gabbard and, you know, that's a possibility bring comes back and looking at other avenues. At some point you got to see what Trask has. And if that's number two, do you put him in a competition where, because Bruce isn't going to be able to help himself. If Gabbard's back, Gabbard's a number two and Trask is inactive on game days. This is what's going to happen. And at that point, 
you know, and, and I've heard what you and Scott said. If you if you're Trask and you can't beat Gabbard out, well, that's a test. But at the same time, it's one of those double-edged swords. Do you bring back Gabbard, or do you just say, "All right, the world is yours, and you better earn that number two spot, or else we're, we're yeah." We're, it, it doesn't really matter a lot to me, to be honest with you, in terms of personal preference. Like, I don't really care what happens. If Brady goes down, they're they're screwed. So whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's not like. <laughs> So optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just be honest. Like it's not. I wouldn't put the hands of my team and uh, to the to the hopes of a UF quarterback. So <laughs> savage. <laughs> no, in my book. So there's a couple. There's new additions too to this roster that are really important. We've talked pretty pretty at length about Russell Gage, Shaq Mason, Logan Ryan. We've we've discussed those guys, but over the weekend they added another offensive lineman. Fred Johnson uh, was released from the Bengals. See what he had originally signed his tender, right? Yeah, brought back, thing. and then they caught him. Like the, right after the, the reports were like five minutes apart. I've never seen that. It was, it was like right Fred after Johnson. Is, very confusing yeah. for a second. It was, it was right after they agreed in terms of the Lil Collins. So they're like, "Yeah, we don't yeah. need you. See you later." <laughs> <laughs> he like signed it, and then they were like, "Bye." So he got cut, um, and he's coming to the box now. I like this signing. The more I looked into it, I got to watch a little bit of his tape. I talked to some Bengals people. He has not played all that well overall, but you have to remember this is one of the worst offensive line development teams in the league, has been for a while, clearly still were this past season. That offensive line was unwatchable. Lots of young guys that have not developed or grown or gotten better. Um, so getting them now in an environment where pretty much every player has developed, it's been, even if they haven't become great, you know, Aaron Stinney has gotten better. Nick Levert has gotten better. Alex Kappa looked unplayable early in his career, has gotten better. Ryan Jensen from year one to year two in Tampa, light year difference. Tristan Wirfs coming out of college right to an all-pro level where there were questions about him in college. Look, people forget that and they want to be revisionist. Tristan Wirfs was not this unbelievably perfect player in college. There was a lot of people had him as the fourth tackle. Good, smart people who know what they're talking about had him as the fourth tackle in that class. And there was not like a, he was like not this like ready made all star in the NFL or in, in college football. And then in the NFL, he gets there, boom, and he hits the ground running. Donovan Smith's development every single year of his career. Um, small school guys. So that, that gives me a lot of hope with Fred Johnson. If you come with the right mentality, the right work ethic, you're going to hear good things. Now, when I talked to people at Florida, they said they loved him at Florida and they said that his work ethic was awesome. And I talked to people connected to the organization there. When I talked to people connected to Cincinnati, they said it seemed like the Bengals weren't as crazy about his work ethic or whatever. So you put on the tape, he just destroys people, like physically mauls people. There's not a lot of offensive linemen in the league, period, that put people on the ground as often as he has in his handful of snaps that he has. Now he has issues in pass protection, so there's, there's some work that's needed here for sure. He's not going to ever be a guy who moves laterally that great. He can get overextended a little bit. But he is able to grab, latch on, and bury people in the run game. That's going to be fun to watch. He could be a six offensive lineman option for sure for this team. He's played tackle and guard. He's played right tackle, left tackle, and right guard. Um, so he's played a bunch of different spots. I could see a path where he and Josh Wells honestly both make the team and, and maybe Stinney and Hainsey are backups as well and Leverett's on the practice squad, something like that. There's paths for all of that. I think even Fred Johnson could be on the, on the practice squad too. So there's a lot of different paths forward potentially for this offensive line. But it kind of feels like the offensive line is set to me. Casey, what do you think? And then JC, jump in with your thoughts on the offensive line. Do you think they draft somebody here? Is this group pretty good to go? I think they're pretty good to go. The only hard part for me is we saw some nice things out of Hainsey and training camp and stuff. So obviously the development's going to continue with him. For some of these other guys, though, it's just kind of looking like maybe one more year. So I would hope that they would maybe go for somebody in the draft. This draft class just isn't super flashy and and in many ways. So unless you're going to be able to get a guy in, in the top three rounds that you truly think can be groomable in your system, I don't think it's worth it just yet. I think that they have a good group to just kind of rotate out right now. Um, mm -hmm. And you have such strong leadership with Jensen coming back, Worf's developing and stepping up that much more. I mean, he's so he's becoming his own man in this league now. So it's really exciting to see what he'll do in this upcoming season. And I I'm hopeful for, for Hainsey and what he'll possibly start producing. So Unless it's a top three guy, I don't see someone getting drafted. I just see them going with what they have, um, finishing out a couple one-year deals, two-year deals, and then moving forward and hoping for a better class in the next two years here. Yeah, I think, you know, they're setting themselves up to go BPA at 27. And if Zion Johnson's there, obviously 
we've spoken enough about him that he would right. most likely be BPA, but I don't think he'll be there. I yeah. don't think going into this draft saying, all right, we have to get a guard prospect or a center prospect or even a tackle prospect for that matter. I don't think that O-line will be something that is like a priority for them. But if, if guys fall, you know, or if there's guys that are sitting there that they like, I could definitely see them. Uh, Dylan Parham, you know, maybe in the second round or if he falls a little bit, uh, you know, or they tr- make a trade back or whatever, I could see him. Cole Strange, you guys know how I feel about him potentially at that third round spot, you know, Mm -hmm. as a developmental guy, I could see it, but there's only one guy, maybe two guys. who I think are going to come in and start right away. And, you know, I'm not as high in Kenyon green, um, especially in this offense as a pass protector starting right away. than I am as I am Zion Johnson. So if you're not going to get Zion, I just, I I don't see them being, you know, going after one right away. And I think D-line is probably more of a priority there anyways. It sure seems like they are based on their free agency signings and where a lot of their visits and scouting trips and and informals that have gone. It really seems like they are pretty focused on letting these veterans and these guys who've been in the program compete this year for the offensive line, hoping that they can, whether it's by group approach or one guy takes control of the left guard spot and they have good depth and develop everybody else. Like, I think that's the approach that they want to take with the offensive line because they have put a lot of time and energy into wide receivers, tight ends. Uh, they are 10 running backs or so or more at the combine they looked at. And then on the defensive side of things, I think they will look at some of the safeties and then obviously the D line edge group, the, the combo players, especially like they're looking at those guys as well. So it feels like the offensive line is one that they've decided to go veterans and players in the league and let's take that approach and then we'll come back to it in an extra draft i like this draft class there's some good offensive linemen in this class to be honest i wouldn't hate it if they surprised us and took one but i, I agree that it doesn't seem like it's going that direction right now let's get to some of these super chats because we have a lot of them leo we appreciate the two dollar super chat state of the yeah. nfc don't you mean bucks versus rams yes we are going to discuss the state of the nfc we did not lead you astray with that headline we wanted to set the table there a little bit uh with the discussion leading up to but yes we will I talk about the state of the NFC. Mark asks, uh, Grayson was really coming on at the end of the year. Why do we think act as if he's already gone? I don't think we do think or act that uh, way. Uh, he is on the roster. He was just not a free agent, so I didn't list him in the signings, re-signings. But he is definitely in play for one of those wide receiver depth spots right now. Seems like the top three are set after that. You know, one will be a, one will be a returner if it's Darden or a new person. Maybe right now it's Darden. We'll see if a new person comes into the picture. Then Perryman, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Cyril Grayson, they'll all have a chance at a spot like that uh, for sure. Leo says, never able to get your reaction to the latest Brady rumors, Brady to 49ers, Brady to Miami. New England is so desperate for Brady to hate Tampa. It's sad. It has gotten a little bit sad. Like For a while, we've kind of all laughed about it a little bit. It's getting borderline absurd now. Like Actual national people have taken some time to just kind of blast (laughs) these things. It's just kind of ridiculous, but – it is weird. We've not seen this with another player I, that I can ever recall where uh, media has just – I mean, it's been going on basically since he got to Tampa Bay, but it's been like over two years now, and we're still trying to like get – they're trying, still, still trying to create some sort of report about there being this divisiveness, A, between Brady and the Bucs. But more than anything, now it's just Brady could is working on a trade to Miami. That was Everywhere. Another, Dude, like what? JC, you've been up there. Like, you know what these media people are like, man. Like, this is crazy. Like, they can't let this thing go. It's so weird. It's not even a personal thing. They're making it personal. It's bizarre. Yeah. Boston, Boston media, they they go, they go a little bit above and beyond. But Brady, you know, it's Tom Brady. He's a he's the greatest there ever was. He's a champion. People hate. People hated him when he was in New England. People hate him in Tampa. People are just going to hate him because how good he and how much he wins. And that, that's just – and how long he's done it. People hate that Tom Brady has been kicking their franchise ass for 23 years now. And they're going to come up with some crazy stuff. The fact that national media is picking up some of this stuff is just insane to me. Like, you guys, come on. Gross. You know better. Like, you know better. Clicks, 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 and, and views. That's all anyone cares about. And that's why – we had, we didn't address it because we're not yeah. we're not we're not gonna take those cheap clicks like that. No, thank you. There's nothing. There's ridiculous. no. Yeah. There's no point in us writing a story on that, Casey. It's yeah. just there's there's not there's no real report to to address. If there were, we address them. Even things we disagree with and don't think they're true, 
-hmm. we address them, we'll write a story on, but when it's just this stuff, there's just nothing to it at all. It's just people yeah. talking to be heard. It's, just, you, like, it's a very bored off season for a lot of people. I get yeah. it. But I mean, go outside, do something else. Because <laughs> go outside, <laughs> she said. Please. Get out of your house. <laughs> if Take I hear talks from the one other team, like you guys aren't paying attention. This man is physically picking up his phone, his golden phone, and making personal <laughs> phone calls, recruiting people to Tampa Bay. That would be the world's sickest joke if he builds a team here, which I mean, thank you if you do. That's so kind. But to build a team here and then take off is very absurd. It's like, just go paddleboarding. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Like, if they, was like, oh, maybe he's setting himself up to go to Miami next season. Okay, whatever. He's building a house down there. It's whatever. Maybe, maybe. But like this year, the, you know, yeah. that, remember the reports came out too that, you know, he was interested in a front office job before the whole Brian, Brian part story. owner. Yeah. Oh, part <laughs> owner and front office. Like dude, he's yeah, owned dude. the dolphins for years. He doesn't need any legal process for that. To happen. <laughs> exactly. Well, unless he played in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Buck's fan says, why was Whitehead not brought back? Still seems weird. Fair to question this and ask why it's weird. I'll just say this kind of in gleaning and kind of diving into what we've learned. I know there was a whole big thing or the Bucks didn't even offer him a contract. That's true. They felt like he was going to be of more value to other teams. And so no reason to, you know, lead him back to lead him on that the Bucks were an option. They just felt like he was going to be more valuable to other teams. The other thing is I think they want to play a safety option with Antoine Winfield that will provide him more flexibility. And there just isn't that with Jordan Whitehead. As good as he is at his role, they just would like to get Winfield moved around more. So I think it had more to do with Winfield, less to do with Whitehead. They'd like to have Winfield play close to the line of scrimmage, do things like that. They can't really do that if there is a safety like Whitehead who does not have a free safety skill set kind of in his repertoire. That's why, although well, he rarely came off the field, the fact that the idea that he came off the field is certainly not true. He did not come off the field heavily. But in past obvious leading or tied late-game situations like in the NFC Divisional Playoffs, when he came off the field for the final drive, Mike Edwards would come on there because they felt like they were more interchangeable and there could be you know, more disguise to what they did basically because of that. And so given the fact he was a free agent, if he'd been under contract, I think they would have happily found a way to make it work with three safeties again this year. But I think when you bring in a guy like Logan Ryan, they're in their mind, okay, now we can ask him to step into the slot when teams spread us out. He can give us something there. Or we can ask Winfield to step into the slot and he can go back to free safety for a snap. Or we can bring Winfield up and blitz him and Ryan can step back and base defense. And so they're just more versatility in their mind. I have some questions about Ryan. Ryan is that versatile of a dude. I want to see what they do the rest of free agency and the draft. But that's, to me, the thought process behind not bringing him back. It does seem weird because I love what White is good at, and he was not super expensive to resign. But to them, they were like, okay, we're going to go a different route at safety, cheaper route, more versatile route, and instead we're going to put money into a number three wide receiver and into trading for uh, top offensive linemen rather than having holes there. And – it's hard to argue with that process. It seems like a pretty good process to me if that's what they decided to do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I mean, Light has hit, just hit home runs in the draft with safeties. I mean, it, they, that's yeah, that's a great point. And and you have the probably the I mean, everybody who's basically played safety for Todd Bowles has, has had a career year. Like, <laughs> I mean, Rontez Miles, dude, in in New York with the Jets was having career. Like, there were guys. Even Calvin Pryor had like half a good season under <laughs> Todd Bowles. <laughs> like, wow, bringing up. <laughs> It's uh, just been wild. So Marcus Gilchrist or Gilchrist was there for like a year or two and he was balling. Yeah. And the thing about this draft too, I mean, we're looking at, at these prospects and a lot of them are very flexible. You know, they're, they're good down in the box. They can cover, um, you know, if you get a guy like uh scene from Georgia or Petrie from Baylor, those are two guys who can play that enforcer role and bring you what Jordan Whitehead mm -hmm. could, but they can also aren't, you know, I don't want to call him a liability in coverage because I don't want him tweeting later today. <laughs> well, only if somebody tags this podcast link and then tags you and tells him. Which now everybody's copying share link. <laughs> Look, that right. man searches his name on Twitter. I already reached out to some of my Jets colleagues. I was like, just be careful. If you criticize him, he's going to find it on Twitter because he oh, searches man. his name and he's one of them. Now I'm being tagged on Twitter. Jordan Whitehead. <laughs> 
JC Allen just called you a liability in coverage. It's going to happen, bro. Like, prepare yourself. You just need to buy him a journal because you don't want every guy hopping on social media to defend themselves. Like, yeah. like oh, bro, but, Rojo's was the yeah. best, though. But the thing about White, and I'll say, White actually like made great strides. He is a good player, and I don't feel the hmm. same way about him. Yeah, obviously, I, I we him. do about, about Rojo. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're big fans of, of Jordan White. So, tag him and tell him we're big fans of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you not said a liability. Bucks are just going to try to do to to pull in as much versatility as possible because I think sometimes there were some major lessons this past season for sure of how it hurts your team if you can't move guys around in, in desperate situations. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no question about it. Uh, Nate asked in coverage, why hasn't Pat O'Connor been re-signed yet? Dude was on a war path towards the end of the season. For guys like this, especially O'Connor was injured at the end of the year. We don't know how significant or severe. I don't think he needed surgery or anything like that. But um, for guys like that, it's it's okay. usually more of a, like there's not a lot of, of a competing market. And so, you know, if, if there was, then I think you'd see an acceleration for the Bucks to say, hey, like, let, let's let's make sure we get him back under contract. I think you'll see guys like this return to the roster. It just may take a while. And I think right now the Bucks are in the process of really feeling out that defensive line, how many spots – are really going to be available because if Sue's back, okay, you've got another. If McClendon wanted to come back, maybe with McClendon too, they're feeling out like we don't really have a space for you because we want to draft one guy. Maybe we want to draft two guys. Um, so is O'Connor really going to have a spot? Like, who do they want to be active on game? I think they're just still piecing together that on the defensive line a little bit uh, with what's available, what's out there, and then with the draft too. So I think if there's space, he'll be back eventually. Um, but I don't think there's just any pressure to get it done right now. Now, if he were like, hey, I've got an offer from this place. I'm going to take it if uh, you guys aren't bringing me back. Then I think they would say, okay, like let's consider you know, if we need to make that move. But right now it feels like they've probably communicated and it's just kind of like laying low until something else happens, I think. Plus they have Ben in Potawai too, who had a really good uh, training camp last year and is taking steps every year. <laughs> you called him potato. <laughs> <laughs> but Potawai, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, potato. I don't remember that. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't remember. I'm just kidding. Uh, Vortex asked, John, would you still draft Zion Johnson if he was available at 27? I think I would just because I think he probably would be my best player available. And I'm I'm a usually a pretty big believer in best player available to a degree. I would like to see who else is on the board. You know, if, if I'm assuming Wyatt's off the board, greater position of value probably even if I'll have Zion higher than Devontae Wyatt. Um but yeah, I would probably, t I mean, Zion will be one of just a handful of players that will get a first round grade from me in this class. So if he were there at 27, it'd be hard to believe that he wouldn't be the best player available to me uh, right. for the box. So I would, I would probably pull that trigger and have, in my opinion, would probably be the best offensive line in the league on paper. That would probably be the direction I would go, but I just, I, I see a lot of Jamel Dean slander in, in the chat. And listen, I get it. You know, you're still having flashbacks of the Giants game in, in 2020 with him just getting smoked on a double move. But I think he really progressed. Obviously, you know, he was banged up almost every other game. But he really progressed as a corner last year. He was actually one of the top corners in coverage, uh, in the top 10 per PFF in, in coverage grade. And I think he did really well. I mean, he had two picks. I mean, and again, he was putting his body out there on the line um consistently playing injured almost all year i mean he did let up half of his half of his targets were were caught for receptions but he did a pretty good job bringing them down and not letting them get extra yards a lot of the time but i mean i don't know i don't know what you guys thoughts on jamel dean but i think you know if he can stay healthy i, I can see him having uh you know building upon last year and developing into a really good outside corner for the team but, yeah I mean, maybe I, he hit some tb12 this off season <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. the Based on his play on the field, you got to be optimistic about Dean. Based on the injury yeah. stuff, it's it's annoying, you know how how you know predictive is it in terms of was that going to happen every year? I really don't know. You know, I mean, I know he went down once, I think, or twice, maybe in 2020, with short stuff, with quick stuff, you know, simple stuff. He has been mostly available. It's just a little bit lost in the midst of a lot of different games with a lot of different things. It's yeah. No, no, very rarely has there been an extended injury for him. So. It's a question mark he's got to prove he can say on the field they won't be interested in re-signing he or Sean Murphy Bunting. I think if they get banged up for most of this year, it'll be – but their markets will be pretty low if that happens too. So it, there's a lot to still um, consider on that. Matthew with the $5 Super Chat. Heard Gronk's agent on Thursday and doubt he plays. What's our backup plan at tight end? Hitting like for you all. Great show. We appreciate that, Matthew. And anybody else, hit the like button on the show. We greatly appreciate that. It helps us a lot. 
uh, boosts our YouTube algorithm right now. So help us out, get the likes up on the show, give us a thumbs up. That is a uh, greatly appreciated by us. Man, I thought uh, Drew Rosenhaus when he talked on Thursday seemed pretty much like he just that Gronk hasn't finalized the decision yet. That I didn't think there was any reason to doubt that he plays. I think he probably will play. Uh, but let's entertain the question just for kicks. Backup playing at tight end. Uh, what Casey you had? Did you have <laughs> CJ Azoma? And now he signed with the Jets, right? Jets, I did. Yeah. Okay. I was really. I took that personal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I took Max Williams personally as well. Yeah, he, he re-signed in Arizona. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, wow, well, coward. Arizona's looking pretty good. Not yeah. Lie. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second because we got to talk about the state of the NFC. Uh, backup plan a tight end for you, JC. I don't know. Did you have? Your <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there's not many available now. It would Jared be piecing it together if Gronk did come back. You'd just be, yeah, be piecing together <laughs> veteran. There's no Kate, stud Kate out Kate there. Otten. Give me Trey McBride in the second or Kate Otten in the third. And I, I'll, I'll be happy with that. But, I mean, yeah, there's really not much out there unless you want to kick the tires on Jimmy Graham or Eric Ebron. E, uh, e no. Maybe look at a Blake Jarwin. <laughs> Ebron. Can't imagine a, no. less, a less Bruce Arians tight end than Eric Ebron. You know, I mean, there's, there's yeah. really no, nobody. Cal Rudolph him. would be – has he been signed by anyone? He I retired, I thought. Though. Did the he retire? He retiring? I thought oh. he said he was retiring. But, no, he's available, you know. I would take him over the last few names you just dropped. Yeah, I think that yeah. JC says something and I'm immediately like, no. <laughs> He'll try to block. He'll try to block at least. Um, you're not getting not, anything from Jimmy Graham or James Smith or Jared Cook. Or, be bad. He's, I mean, he's up there. In he retired. He did retire at least. Oh, at least okay. Yeah. I was to say he's a good blocker. Tyler Croft, maybe. Tyler Croft could block Croft, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that again, you're talking bad. about piecing it together, right? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Very <laughs> like much really, really struggling sure. to lock it in there. But yeah, it would be I a, haven't been impressed by a blocking tight end in some time besides the knockout, obviously. <laughs> that's yeah, I mean it hasn't been it's funny for an offense that asked for him, they really haven't had many blockers. I've talked about that before. It's kind of this yeah. might be the year that they they lean into it, maybe. <laughs> but I do think that they will draft one, by the way. So it would probably be if Gronk didn't come back, it would probably be another veteran, and then they would draft one. As well, I, I feel strongly that they'll draft a tight end at some point. I just don't know when. Fifth um, round. There's I mean, there's good prospects all the way. I mean, uh, Austin Allen is a guy who we just had in the Peter Report mock. Obviously, he's got a great last name, but he's also a good player as yeah. well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's we've had him in two. Did we have him in two mock I think so. Daniel Bellinger, who uh, you, you I think you had him in your battle plan. He's another uh, good option did, yeah. in the Daniel later State, rounds. Yeah. Uh, also I, jeremy ruckert ohio state that's one ohio i think state, they met yeah. with him and he's he's a very good blocker so him. is uh kate otten washington if we had to make a buck's best bet right now they've had interviews with him they've talked to him a good bit a good quality blocker gets after people has an edge to him comes from a team where a lot of double teams uh, a lot of double teams in that offense um so it'd be very similar bucks he'd be working you know hip to hip with somebody uh and man he Again, he's a factor in the run game, and he's one of the best pass-protecting tight ends I've probably seen in a while. Limited athlete. I don't think he's going to wow you. I think he's pro days tomorrow. I don't think he's going to blow anyone away there. But, uh, you know, capable hands, and he could – again, we're talking about piecing it together. So he'd fill a role, be a good number two, can block, catch underneath a little bit. Not going to do anything crazy, I think, but he's another – Guy that would probably be at the top of the Bucks list in Had him in my rounds. battle plan. Yeah, that's probably that might be one that that might be one you hit on. To be honest, though, we'll my battle plan it. blew up. So yeah, I, I'm asking for a redo. <laughs> I think most of us are that. All right, let's talk about the state of the NFC a little bit because there are it is a, a wild conference right now in terms of oh yeah, this been some downhill movement for a lot of these teams. So we're going to discuss it all. But first, I got to mention our friends over at Pin Chasers. This is where you can take your family for some bowling, food, and fun this week free agency slowed down the drafts a couple weeks away still get out with the family get away from twitter get away from the headlines even get away from pewter for a second and just have some fun some bowling great food they all you can eat pizza night they serve breakfast food all day you can have birthday parties here team building events for your company fundraisers are great is a great place to have some fundraisers as well get involved in bowling leagues at pin chasers Three different locations, East Pasco, Midtown, and Veterans. You can check those out. Great place to go. I said, I think I was there a couple weeks ago, and there were people like just, it was crazy. It was like a Friday night, and it was packed, and uh, people were just having a great time. Uh, it's a it's a hopping place for real, and their food, excellent as well. So make sure you check out Pin Chasers. Take the family out there. Have some fun. 
uh, this week. Great place you to had to me at all you can eat pizza. And I know. All day. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. Get a couple pies. I love bowling. It's a lot of fun. Bowling is fun. I actually <laughs> asked, I posed the question when I was there and I actually made a poll and put it on Twitter. Is it cool to be good at bowling? And the answer I was like so. overwhelmingly yes. So yeah. yeah I grew up I'm you guys know I'm from New England. So we have candle pin bowling up there for like there's That's only so a cool. handful of of like big ball bowling that you guys are accustomed to. And they're there are small balls like this big, really, and they're like straight narrow candle pin type. Mm-hmm. And I uh, do like glow bowling. So like down here when I, I actually went there as well, the one in Zephyr Hills. Um you know, the big ball. Oh man, I crush it at that. I suck at candle pin. <laughs> big ball bowling, I crush it. I'm like, where's this been all my life? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't I've just gone regular bowling. I don't even know what those things are that you're never talking heard about. Of that, so, yeah. yeah, that's we used to go bowling every day. Sunday on the Air Force Base. So yeah, big bowlers over here. There you go. Yeah. I guess it's cool. It's cool to be good at bowling. No question about it. But the candle pin. Anybody know about the candle pin? Family ties have been cut over bowling competitions. I mean, it's gotten severe. So, (laughs) yeah. We might need to. We might need to launch a separate podcast here about Casey's bowling story. (laughs) (laughs) All Casey's competitive stories. It's like I come up so aggressive. I'm really so nice, y'all. Like yeah, so nice. yeah, that's true. Yeah, Just, the way your most aggressive moments come on the pod for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, a chance for all of us to be aggressive here as we talk about the rest of the NFC because some of these teams have been tripping this offseason. The Dallas Cowboys are one of them. No Amari Cooper, he's out of the fold now. They've re-signed Michael Gallup, but there's no guarantee he'll be ready right now for the beginning of the season. His injury was a more severe one than Chris Godwin's, and his recovery might be as well. So Something to monitor there. They lost out on Cedric Wilson, and they were hoping that he would be the guy uh, that would step in. It would be kind of a combination of Gallup and Wilson replacing Amari Cooper. They signed James Washington from Pittsburgh, who I think is is a downgrade from Wilson, who was their wide receiver four last year in Dallas. So it is a worse receiving core. Blake Jarwin is looking like he's going to move on. I know that he was been injured for a lot of his time in Dallas. That was a rough contract for them. Dalton Schultz is back on the tag. I don't really see him as a difference making. I think he was a beneficiary of their scheme and the other talent around him. You got CeeDee Lamb in the slot. You got Gallup when he's ready outside. You got James Washington outside. You draft a wide receiver, but this is not the same group of weapons. They lost Connor Williams at left guard, who was not really good anyway. Um, so his replacement hopefully will be an upgrade addition by subtraction situation. And then Leal Collins was lost as well, the right tackle. So offense has taken huge hits. They already had question marks at center. Now they have question marks at three offensive line spots, obviously Zach Martin, and then even at left tackle. Tyron Smith has been not fully healthy for the last couple years. He's getting older. He's still good, but you wonder if at any point the health gives out, and then you have a lot of questions in that unit. Dak is a good quarterback, but he has really struggled when he has not been protected in his career. And now it is a little bit of a sketchy situation in front of them and at the skill positions. They feel like they've taken a step back. They lost out on Randy Gregory, then couldn't bring in Vaughn Miller and some of the other options that they were looking at, Zadarius Smith in free agency. So they are kind of riding with Dorrance Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence, who they did keep around because he volunteered to stay for cheap. Only to see yeah, them lose all yeah. these other guys. I don't know what he's thinking. But uh this is, number two running back more than they're paying their number one running back. The Ezekiel Elliott deal is is hurting these fellas because they yeah, uh, they have just refused to invest they left in their him squad. in Cabo shirtless. I mean <laughs> he's their second best running back and he's making a ton of money. So it feels like this group and this team has taken a step back and really I don't think anybody in the NFC East has really stepped up. The Eagles might be a little bit better, but there's still quarterback question marks there. Washington, I don't know. Casey, what are your thoughts on the NFC East in general? It feels like this whole division is, I don't know if I see a true contender out of it. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one, I would definitely say the Eagles have, I mean, they had some pretty solid games this past season. I like the addition of uh, Pascal. Am I saying his name correctly? Um, Um, Oh, Zach Pascal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea of him being there. I think that something progressive will come from that, to be honest. Um, Mm. It just depends on how they manage hurts in the off season and kind of really start formulating a team around him rather than him being thrusted into what was. So I think the Eagles can end up coming out on top there. But other than that, I mean, that yeah. whole division needs a lot of restructuring and reality. I mean, I don't even know what direction the Cowboys are going in these days. And, and this isn't the first season. It's yeah. been a, a lost cause for about two seasons now. 
it's funny because they had so much talent last year. It felt mm-hmm. like it might be their year. And then it just imploded in the playoffs on them. Like it always seems to, yeah. and it is hard to trust them. And now they have less talent than they did before. We'll see if the draft changes that or late free agent signings change that. But the East right now, JC, I don't know. Looking at that, it seems like things are down. And same thing. Really. If you look at the North, I mean, the North green Bay is, is obviously going to be the best team there right now, but the loss are of Devontae they- Adams is huge. Are well, they, they are just by default, right? I mean, Chicago's not right. They've literally done nothing yeah, around Justin it. Fields. Like, it's I, a mess. I'm looking at um, Detroit, at Minnesota. Minnesota it's, possibly, you know. It depends on what they do, right? Because even if they go out to say they go draft two rookie wide receivers, you know, in the first and second rounds, like how quickly are they going to get up to speed? The Packers you're talking about. They, yeah, they have defensive issues. You know, they lost edge rushers. They have offensive line issues. They just have a bunch of issues on that team that, you're not going to be able to solve everything in the draft, and you just traded Devontae Adams. What are you doing? Yeah, that's the like, thing. Like, is this your window or not? You're like about to, to pay there. ten million to Valdez. Valdez skin. I don't know how to say his name. You got Al Lazard and <laughs> and what's old man right Cobb up there? Yeah. And okay, cool. So you draft a wide receiver. You're drafting it late in the first round, so you're not right. getting a, a. You're not getting Wilson one of the top guys. Or, in this class, yeah, exactly. Probably. So like, I I just. I, a lot of these teams, it's like a lack of leadership. I mean, it, you want a headline to talk about. I mean, there's so much tension or not much cohesion when it comes from the staff, the front office, to the leaders on the team, from the Cowboys to the Packers. They're going to be trying to re- refigure their teams for a minute. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings end up topping the NFC North. Yeah, I mean, it would, it would surprise me, but because they do have so many holes of their own, especially in the secondary, like there's just a – there's a lot of question marks they have just in general, but the signing of Zadarius Smith is a really good one for them. They were a different defense when they were able to have those two guys, him and Danelle Hunter, if he can finally be healthy yeah. off the edge, rushing together for full season. That could be big for them. They've got a long way to go on the D line, long way to go on in the secondary, especially a corner. A lot of mistakes have been made there, and, and so it, there's still a ton of question marks. The offensive line is okay, and obviously you get Dalvin Cook and Jefferson back. You've got a chance Thielen as well, uh, but it just it feels like it's going to, ha- it would need to be like a, basically a coaching thing where like they got an edge from their coaching that we weren't anticipating with the new hiring and everything. And they could. Yeah. I mean, it's, hire, yeah. I'm not ruling it out. Obviously. Uh, it just they seems like a lot of those guys early in the draft, yeah. you know, they, get, they grab a, a good corner. So, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of the guys coming from Sean McVay's system have had success right away. So that could certainly happen uh, with them in Minnesota. Um, so we'll see, but it, it's hard to make an argument that like they've gotten noticeably better this off season for sure. The Packers, I think everyone noticeably would agree. Worse. Yeah, noticeably worse for the Packers. Like, there's yeah. no question. Devontae Adams is probably as – he and Tyreek Hill probably as instrumental to a team's passing attack as any receiver could be based on alignment and manufactured touches and the way that they manipulated coverages with them. Like, everything. It's just – it's an incredible loss, no matter how good your quarterback is. Um, so, we'll see how those situations play out. But then you look at the West, and this is still a division that's going to be good, but clearly not as good, right? I mean, Seattle obviously is is not, is not a factor this season. Um, it would be hard-pressed to see anything they could do at this point that would make them a factor this season. They're not going to be in the, in the, in the picture. I want to hear everybody's thoughts on Arizona, obviously, because they're a team that's like, oh, they didn't get worse. <laughs> you know, really? Like, but do we believe in them? Do we not? Do we think this whole thing's going to fall apart in the next year? They could be on top of the division or totally whole thing falls apart I feel like in Arizona. And then obviously San Francisco is still a very good roster. There's no real negative there, but you're going to be starting almost certainly a rookie or not a rookie, but a first year starter at quarterback who is probably one of the least experienced starting quarterbacks in NFL history, based on how little he's actually played the position. There's going to be some room for, there has to be some room for a lot of error with him as he grows into the position, I feel like. And obviously the Rams, who I think are still probably going to be considered the favorites by most, mm-hmm. but it's going to be close. There's a, a loss of Vaughn Miller is big there. So Casey, thoughts on the West, and then JC, jump in with your thoughts as well. Taking the Cardinals. I say the really? Cardinals. Yeah, because I, I actually had them, you know, doing a lot better <laughs> at, the end of, at the end of their season. I just think that they have some really – I don't want to say easy mistakes to learn from, but I think they have some, you know, not so monumental mistakes to learn from where they can come in and be way more competitive this season. They've kept great guys. I think that they might even get some decent pickups in the draft and move from there. So I'm going to take the Cardinals to really, to really take it this year. Cause I, we don't know what the Rams are going to look like in the next couple of weeks either. Uh, 
And defensively, if a team can match them, then that's where you really kind of bail out and, and, and have an opportunity to top the Rams. So I don't know. I believe in the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Chandler yeah, Jones think, leaving was a hit, but it, it is a hit. And I think that Cardinals defense. But they went almost all season without JJ Watt. Yeah. You know, and I'm yeah, not but, really putting a team on his back, but the Texans got to a lot of situations that they did because they mm -hmm. had this inferior guy named JJ Watt. And I know that his health is so questionable, but if he stays healthy, he's he is a big piece of any team. Yeah, that's true. So I, I just look at the Arizona and Kyler Murray is the first thing that pops in my head, right? Obviously, this whole social media background is agent putting out this long letter about, you know, commitment and this and that. How does that play out during the season? I know things happen in the offseason and then once the season starts, all systems are going. But I mean, even their offense and their defense still, I think there's holes. I'm very excited to see Rondell Moore's progression. Uh, but can DeAndre Hopkins stay healthy? He's been struggled that past few years. Um, you know, you don't really have a good third round receiver, third uh, receiver right now. Andy Isabella in an air raid attack. Uh, you're gonna have to address that. Offensive line is all right. They signed your guy Will Hernandez recently. Uh, so, but the defense still. I mean, there's there's players there. Zayvon Collins, Simmons, obviously Buddha Baker, and JJ Watt. Even though he's had some trouble staying healthy, I don't know if there's enough. I don't know if there's enough there to be able to slow down a team like the Rams. And I look at the Rams and they've lost some players. They brought some players in, um, but you know how they do. They're going to either make some trades or, or convince mm. some guys to come in there. Uh, big, big losses though. I mean, yeah. You, okay. Sh sure. You know, you, you brought in uh, Allen Robinson and you with Robert Woods, but me, it's more like, okay, Von Miller, how do you replace him? How do you replace a guy like Sebastian Joseph day? Uh, how do you replace your starting right guard? How do you replace your Corbetton? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, obviously got, Whitworth as well, and Whitworth as well. So they've got some holes too. So I mean, if you look at the state of the NFC right now as a whole, I don't think anyone has a more complete roster than what the Bucks have right now. So I, mm -hmm. I really just looking at and Seattle. I mean, Seattle's the bottom of the barrel. Drew Lock, good luck. Sorry, no offense. Um, <laughs> San Francisco is the same too. Okay, so does this prompt San Francisco to say, crap, we can't trade Jimmy G because we're right in the middle of this and we, we should, with the team we have, we should be able to go at least make a playoffs. Um, you know, do we put it all on Trey Lance now or do we ride? We haven't freed up this $25 million yet in cap space, so it, it, it hurt our ability to sign some players and go out there. Do we... Do we roll with Jimmy G for the final year of his deal and, and compete? Because if they do, now I think they're in the mix of for that, not just NFC West, yeah. but obviously in the playoff mix as well and, be, and look like one of the four top teams in the NFC. It's hard to predict what the 49ers will be. They're clearly the wild card. I mean, Trey Lance could – Jimmy G was not very good for a lot of last year, and they won anyway. I mean, they right. didn't win that – the regular season was very kind of average, but they made, then they, they get in the playoffs and – you know, their defense did their thing, and Debo Samuel put the team on his back with yak and running the ball, and, you know, the rest of the team is good. And so Lance could step right in and, you know, kind of they uh, lost limit a lot the mistakes. Of too. I mean, Jimmy G made mistakes, so maybe we shouldn't be that long on Lance, you know, but, it, but it's you. It's rarely is that a one-for-one one thing where a quarterback isn't great and his team makes the NFC Championship, and then they're able to repeat the process the next year. Now, 49ers did it twice, <laughs> uh, but Jimmy was good the first time they made it. Like, he was a, he had a good year. He is just not the same dude th these days. Like the injuries have taken a toll. That's yeah. part of it. But also, like teams have figured out so much more how to take care of him because of and, and expose his weaknesses and his limitations. Yeah. And I don't think that Trey, you can just plug Trey Lance in and be like, oh, he's not going to be worse than Jimmy G. So we'll go back to the NFC Championship game. It is rarely that that linear in the NFL where like the yeah. thinking can be that linear from one year to the next. It rarely happens that way. So. There will be some ups and downs for them, and then it'll be where they're at at the end of the year. Obviously, it'll be fascinating to watch San Francisco to see how quickly Trey Lance is able to to acclimate uh, into the situation. But it is right, JC. I, it is hard to look at what the Rams lost, even if Joe Noteboom steps in and is good. You know, even if did they sign anybody or kind of pseudo replace Von Miller, I don't know that they did. They lost Omar Karanko too, who was their number three guy. So they've got to make some moves defensive line for sure. Um, they've got to make some improvements there. Um, no question about that. They're kind of looking at the Bobby Wagner situation. You know, they bring in an Allen Robinson, which gets people excited, but then they lose a Robert Woods. I know Woods is injured, fully healthy. I think Woods is better than Robinson right now at this point in their careers. Now, 
fully healthy, maybe a, a legit question mark um, <laughs> with him. But I mean, Allen Robinson's coming off a really rough year. I like Allen Robinson fine. I think he'll do well in that offense. OBJ's situation, obviously being injured, and even if he does resign with the Rams. When's he going to be available end of November? And even if he is, how fast does he get back to speed on the football field if he's coming in for the playoffs or something like that? Probably unrealistic to think he stepped into a major role right away. All these teams took big hits. Like every big team hits. took big hits. Like besides yeah. the, the and the Bucks did too. I'm not gonna like say they didn't, but your biggest hit was probably Alex Cap, and you filled that with an upgrade. Your second yeah. biggest hit was Jordan Jordan White. Your Whitehead. biggest hit was Marpet, obviously. But yeah. Oh my oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah but yeah, yeah. but um, that's it though. I mean, if you, you feel like control that, I mean it's not like yeah. he signed somewhere else. I mean, that was right, right, right. you can't control it, but if you're just looking at negatives, like yeah, that's you're right. Like that's been the big one for the Bucks, really. And other than that, you know, I feel like they got better at some spots. They gave themselves more options in spots. Got better, you know, considering that AB really wasn't playing last year hardly at all. They got better at wide receiver with Russell bringing in Russell Gates. They still have the draft to work with. It's not a perfect roster by any stretch of the imagination, oh, and you do right. have to wonder about some of these guys getting older. How they're gonna, what the health situation is gonna be like if you bring back Sue or Gronk or you know Golston even, who's been healthy most of his career. The free agent signings they brought in. You know, those guys have all pretty much been healthy their entire careers. The Bucks bring in people typically with really clean bills of health. But you wonder with guys like Logan Ryan and they're getting older, okay, if some of these guys start start getting injured more frequently, then you know, what are we going to be up against? Because the team's depth is not the same as it was two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, in my opinion. So but they still have time to fill those roles too. This thing isn't over and they will. The Bucks have remained active pretty much every step of the way. In their free agency, so yeah, tough. I mean, right now, if you're honestly asking me, I think the Bucks are the best team in the NFC. Like, that's really genuinely how I feel. Just being honest, I think the Rams' losses are going to hurt them right now. Look, we, yeah. we touched on all the other all, all the other divisions, but we got to talk about it. We can't just leave the elephant out of the room. We got to talk Why? about the Saints too, right? There's round people up in the chat. I wanted to just leave it. <laughs> we we got to talk about the Saints, right? People are going on about the Saints. Uh, yeah. you know, Saints, Saints are a factor. They still be good, but. There's some big losses, man. Marcus Williams is a big loss. I, and I know people are, oh, Marcus May, they just plug holes. No. We'll see. We'll see. He's, yeah. I mean, Marcus Williams played a unique role. That guy was single eye all the time. May has moved around in his career. He's been a good player, but he's coming off an Achilles. It's just, I don't know that it's necessarily the same exact thing. PJ Williams still out there. We'll see what happens. Um, it's still a good defense. There's Probably no question about it. huge, but. too. Armstead, yeah. Know what Winston's gonna look like, you know, on the return of his injury, mm -hmm. and yep, exactly. They really, just use Taysom Hill as one yeah. one significant thing, one significant role. So yeah. yeah, there's. I think I think the thing is, is that the Bucks have less question marks than other teams, mm -hmm. right? In the NFC right now, you yeah. know, because you know um, their team, their team exactly. has been together. They know you know yeah. their team, and the Saints look. Kamara could get suspended. Michael Thomas, he's missed like two years of football, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What the heck is he going to look like? Like, James is coming off a major injury. Like, Marcus May is coming off a major injury. It's just hard to totally determine what they're going to look like. You have some guys that are getting straight up just getting old for their positions, like Demario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins and Cam Jordan. Like, there are not a lot of players playing at an elite level at their ages at those right. positions. And, and so, Cam Jordan kind of looked a little declined in some <laughs> games this past season. You yeah, know? I mean, he found the renaissance against the Bucks for sure. Of course. <laughs> he played awesome stuff, yeah. against – before that, yeah, the two years before that, I thought he was – he found I – mean, he <laughs> gave us the worst. Yeah. <laughs> he really found it against Tampa. I don't know if he was reading all the Bucks fans' <laughs> tweets or whatever. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. The South is not going to be as easy as people think, I think, because the Saints will still be a factor. But I do think – I'm just very curious to see how the rest of the offseason plays out for the Bucs, what this team – looks like when training camp rolls around because they have an opportunity in my opinion to to add to this team in the draft in ways that those guys will actually contribute where last year the draft was going to be kind of a cherry on top because there wasn't really anywhere for guys to play for the most part mm -hmm. you know this year it's it's going to be different and what they do and what kind of pieces they add could ultimately play a role in their success this year so and i think I, th I don't think they're going to be a challenge for the Bucks, you know, in, in the NFC South. But I, I got Carolina as a wild card that could maybe sneak in as in one of those wild card spots, depending on what they do at the quarterback's position. Because I, you know, looking at obviously this their is your wildest take. Looking <laughs> at their offense and what and what they've kind of put together on there, and their defense is pretty solid. They can continue to add to that. The I Carolina Panthers. As I a think seventh, be better off with, the with a healthy Christian McCaffrey and a, and some. 
you know, depending on what they do at quarterback, you know, they take Malik Willis, maybe. I don't know. Seven rookie. A guy completed like 50% bro, of his passes. The seventh wild card spot in this. McCaffrey is a tall ask right now. Like put 16 teams on, on, on a dartboard and just throw that dart, and that's who, who could be that seventh wild card. There's so much parody in the NFC. I would not I mean be- you're right. I just saying like making an actual case for the Panthers is not something. And you're right that any crazy things could happen. But making a case for the Panthers is not. That's a bold one. That's one of your bolder takes, dude. Like, listen, it is. Because no, what's going to happen? They opened up. They opened up an extra. You know, if if San Fran does want to move Jimmy Garoppolo, Carolina is one of the only teams that have enough space for him. And if Jimmy G goes to the Panthers with that with that roster, I think that they could make a little bit of noise. But that's like the Jimmy only. G that's away from Kyle Shanahan, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, with a coaching staff that's about to get fired. <laughs> well, he's only know. got a one-year deal, so who knows? I don't know. I'm just saying. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, if the, Jimmy the chat G- agrees, there's some people in the chat that agree. I agree, JC. Panthers are better than the Falcons. That, you know, that, I mean, I, that's pretty low bar, I guess. For that. <laughs> that might be true. I'm like, it's not the biggest trade-off. I, I Mariota did what? Hand no, Charlie is against you. He says I'm ready. To, I'm ready to end the podcast if JC keeps talking weird. <laughs> Listen, I don't think they're a threat at all. I just think that if you're looking at the NFC as a total right now, I think that if they had some bold move gone, I think if they get a quarterback, I think they could be in the mix. I don't think their defense is that is that bad. I think uh, you saw them in the beginning of the year. They were they were definitely overachieving for what they yeah. you know what they were and. You know, they have the skill positions and the skill players. They signed your boy, Bradley Bozeman, to a cheap deal. I wish the Bucks. It's not my boy. That's Scott's boy. Left guard. Oh, boy. now he's Scott's boy. Now he, first no, no, I always thought it could happen. Player. I always thought there was a chance that it could happen. But, as a but left did guard? I want it to happen? That's a different question. <laughs> That's no, a different story. Scott is the guy that – I've seen enough Bradley Bozeman tape that, yeah, I mean, for their options, it would have been okay. But he's not going to save the Panthers. They're, no, no one's gonna say. <laughs> I'll be shocked, <laughs> shocked if they're not one of the worst teams in the league. I kind of think they need more than just a quarterback, JC. They, they need an O line. They need another Always edge guy. <laughs> they need corners. They got. Yeah, they anyway. need a All right. Dante Jackson and uh, Rashad Melvin. What are you talking about? <laughs> they need a whole team. I'll stop. I'll stop. They had <laughs> half the corners in the league on their roster last year. They couldn't get good play. Uh, wild. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, we appreciate everybody. Oh, Matt, one more super chat from Matt. Is Hainsey at least a solid backup, or did Jason have a rare total screw-up on our draft? Maybe JTS keeps getting better. I don't know why people are just out on Hainsey. Like, what opportunity does this man have to play? The offensive line, the interior line. Marpet missed one game last year. That was it. Like, just wait. Let's just find out. Like, he's man, not a screw Training yet. camp looked pretty decent. But, yeah, yeah I hate the 2021 draft. There's nothing you can do to <laughs> change their so mind. Funny. They, they didn't have opportunities to play because this is one of the best rosters in the league. Like, I just <laughs> want everybody to just wait. Like, after camp this year, if they suck, we can start talking about it. But let's just, let's just wait and see like, what happens. Like, draft grades right after the draft. Yeah. <laughs> in July. We do appreciate those. Super Chats are great. We appreciate them rolling in. By the way, Jason speaks to the Bucks media in about 23 minutes so stay tuned we'll have content up at peterreport.com we'll be live tweeting scott and matt will be live tweeting you might get some video you'll get some quotes now coming out from jason uh tonight um so make sure you check those out here coming up soon for everybody make sure you hit the like before you leave uh we appreciate that oh quick Helps shout out, out to sam from fresh kitchen he's a huge pewter fan ran into him and he just he said how much he loves you guys so i made sure to let him know so sam shout out guy yeah thanks for being a fan Thank you, Sam. We appreciate it always. I love hearing those stories. I love hearing that stuff. We appreciate everybody. (laughs) Tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, I believe Scott and Matt are going to have the pod tomorrow, and they're going to break down everything they learned and heard and all the rumors. Scott's, he's loving it. He's working all his connections and everything. He's going to break it all down tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern on the podcast for y'all. So tune in then. Make sure you do because there will be nuggets. Scott always drops them in the pod, not on Twitter. He drops them on the pod. So <laughs> tune in tomorrow. There will be some nuggets, I'm sure. Uh, Finally back out in the uh, back out in the field. Back out in the uh, wild. Easy. Yes. Uh, exactly. So we appreciate everybody tuning in, jumping in here. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. <laughs>